everybody, how you doing? It's Friday night, which means only one thing around these parts. It's time for Thoughts on the Hoops with me, Laura Bradburn. I nearly said the name of my old podcast. I can say it on here. Uh, a Celtic State of Mind. I nearly did it, and it will happen one week. But uh, we'll just need to go with it until it does happen. If you're here, if you're in the chat, um, then obviously get involved, say hello, all that stuff. Um, would really like to talk to you. I'm expecting to see a few of you in here tonight, even if it's just to shake off some of the nerves about tomorrow. I shouldn't be saying that I'm nervous, but we've got ourselves into a position where I am a little bit nervous. Um, if there's... Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tobago Street Police Station, Celtic Supporters Club. I don't know what I would call you Tobago for short. Uh, nerves kicked in as usual. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, whether we're miles ahead or if we have done so far and um, kind of let them back into the back into the fold a little bit but um safe to say that uh, I, I am a little bit nervous um about tomorrow for all the all all of what's what's coming so um Simnag says uh, great to be with you I hope I said that name right please don't um crucify me if I didn't I'm terrible with that kind of thing um you might notice that I'm in slightly different surroundings, slightly nicer surroundings than my um usual presentation, but I'm actually in the middle of um redecorating and moving and stuff like that. So I'm I'm doing things from a little bit of a different uh location today and it might be this way for a, a couple of weeks yet. So if there's any problems with the video or audio or anything like that, please forgive me because I'm not on my usual bells and whistles and stuff like that for for the live stream. Um we're going to get cover a, a few things today. We've obviously got the return of the Green Brigade to discuss. We've got Mikey Johnston um, and his double against Dundee to discuss. We've got a transfer rumour that I think you all know about um, that's been making the rounds. And then also we've got um, the preview to the big game and, and the thoughts of that kind of thing. So we'll see how far we go. Um, with the pod today. I know we've had a bit of extra content on the channel, so it might not be as long a one as we normally have, but um, um, but that's that's absolutely fine. Oh, it's Shamrock. There you go. It's Shamrock. That's fine. I'll call you Shamrock from now on. That's absolutely brilliant. Gary Boy says, um, for once, I'm pretty chill about the game. I don't think it'll be easy. However, as long as we keep up a tempo and take our chances, then we'll take care of business. That is the question. That is the question, and we'll get into that um, a little bit later on. Um, before we get into the, the main topics and things like that, I just want to say thank you very much to everybody for the support on the channel. We crossed a 1,000 subscribers since the last time um, I went live, um, and obviously it would be great if you are watching this. If you haven't done so already, please go over onto YouTube, subscribe, click the notification bell, um, and it would be great to see you over there. Um, Another big thanks needs to go out to Alan Morrison, Celtic by Numbers on Twitter. Alan um, got in touch with me when he heard that I was going to be discussing his um, appearance on the Graham Spears podcast last week and said he would really like to come on and discuss it. And I was only so only too delighted to um, to oblige and, and have him on the podcast. He's, a lot of you will know him here. He talks so well about statistics and um, obviously... Although it's although Alan's keen to stress it's not the only topic that he wants to discuss, um, and the only anomaly that he wants to discuss the the Rangers penalty anomaly that has come to the fore in recent weeks after Richard Gordon's um 
uh, article on this, the matter was something that we discussed. If you haven't seen that, go back on the channel and, and give that a watch. Um, it really, uh, it's been pretty massive for me on the, the channel this week in terms of views and things like that. And it's been really good to see all the engagement. I have to say, Alan did warn me. <laughs> he did sort of say to me, you know, batting down the hatches, you're going to get a lot of stick for this. You're going to get a lot of abuse for this from from certain um, supporters of a certain, um, how should we put it, of a certain preference, um, shall we put it that way? Um, but I have to say, I must have had some pretty bad abuse on, I have had pretty bad abuse on Twitter over the years, and I <laughs> I did not get, come across anything I didn't expect. Um, and actually, it was pretty, pretty mild what I, I experienced, so I can't really complain about that. Um. Uh. Yeah. But w- listen, that's that's the nature of football. Um. Disc- discourse and and that's the way it goes. You you back your team. Um. In Alan's case, you want to back your team with facts and figures, and hopefully not be just speaking too, too emotionally. But even when you do that, you get massive amounts of of come back from from the other side some legitimate some not legitimate but that's that's the way things go first topic i wanted to discuss today um is obviously uh, yeah exactly <laughs> williams um you're just battle hardened now he says and that listen that's exactly what it is it's like i just i was just expecting this onslaught of of absolute carnage and it just either it didn't come or i'm so used to it that i I just, um, it kind of is water off a duck's back at this point, which is fair enough, fair enough. And listen, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be in this space. I wouldn't be putting myself out there, putting my opinions out there if I didn't expect to get some of that back. So, um, Craig B says he fears for, for CCV and Greg Taylor. I presume you're talking about their fitness. We already know that, um, Brendan Rogers, um, mentioned CCV. I've not seen anything about Greg Taylor, but if anybody can um, sort of update me on that, that would be great. But we will get to the Rangers game towards the end of the show. Um, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the Green Brigade and their return. They obviously came back against Livingston the other week there. Um, It's been... I can't even remember, actually, to be honest, the date that they get banned. Sometime towards the end of October, November, that kind of that kind of area. But it's been a significant number of weeks and they've missed a significant number of games. Um, <laughs> Craig says, I was implying Greg's gameplay, sorry. That's fair enough. Um, but, um, no, the Green Brigade have returned to Celtic Park uh, at the Livingston game last week. They have... You know, there's been weeks and weeks of them, their absences. There was that initial period where the Celtic board were issuing statements on their supposed reasons for the ban. The Green Brigade were def- defending themselves and issuing statements uh, in retort. And I have to say, I was to 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 kind of get um get the full picture here on on my thoughts on it. Now, anybody who's seen my output over the years on on this platform or on others will know that I'm not the Green Brigade's biggest fan by any manner of means. I think they have done things in the past that I'm not in agreement with. I think they have, there are some elements of the Green Brigade or some elements of the way in which they behave where they 
like to act as though they are the biggest um, and most important faction of Celtic support and that their needs must be met over and above um, the the needs and the desires of the rest of the Celtic support. Um, And so it wasn't necessarily a given that any ban that they got or any... um, any sanction that they faced at the hands of of Celtic or any other authority was necessarily going to be something that I disagreed with. I have to say, though, on this occasion, when it actually came down to it and the ban was announced, I was utterly horrified. I've put statements out on Twitter detailing my thoughts on, on what it was, but essentially I was in full disagreement with the with the ban because... To be quite frank about it, the the board put out reasons that they said that that Celtic were that Green Brigade were banned. Some of them were detailing, you know, aggressive behaviour towards club staff and security staff, which obviously isn't acceptable. Um, but then there was other weird things, like they were accusing them of of um, gaining unauthorised access to the stadium, um, which. I find a bit strange because, to my mind, anything that they've ever done in terms of TIFOs and and all that kind of thing, anything I know as far as that's concerned has all been authorised and and, and access to the stadium has been authorised and has never been abused in that manner. So that, that seemed kind of sudden that they came out with that. And I just felt the timing of it, the timing of it was a bit suspect. Obviously, the Green Brigade um, are sometimes like to, you know, make political statements and and communicate political messages. Um, The big one being at the time and something that they are still um, communicating is the hardships people are facing in in Gaza at the moment, um, which uh, I think anybody has a right to express their concerns and their their support for the people suffering over there. That's that's entirely any person's prerogative to do that. I just felt it was a little bit suspect the timing of the of the ban, with the board saying it was nothing to do with the the communication of those views, and then the Green Brigade getting banned immediately after expressing those views for things that. To be honest, they've been doing for years that have never faced sanctions before. So it was all a little bit kind of up in the air in terms of who was right, who was wrong, the reasons for it, all that kind of thing. But I I felt personally that when the ban actually came through that I it didn't sit well with me, either the reasoning for it or the fact that a group of fans who had paid their money to access the stadium and support the team had been um, completely uh, banned from doing so. I just really felt like it was a, a, a kind of abuse of power from the club in some ways that I, that didn't sit well with me. I see a few um, comments coming in, so I'm just going to read some of those out. Um, Franny Weldon, who I know on Twitter, thank you for watching. Franny says, glad to see the Ultras back as it brings back so much of the atmosphere. I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. Um, Franny also says, can you imagine the club trying to ban the jungle years ago? I know exactly. Um, but you do have um, you do have um, people like um, 
Tobago saying GB politics first, Celtic second, in my opinion. And to be honest, I, I totally understand that that kind of view on it. I think they are divisive in that nature. Um, but politics is so baked into to our origins as a club that I think that there are elements of the sport. Don't get me wrong, there are elements of the sport who just want to support their football club playing football and they have every right to do that. But there are other people who want to um, support causes that they feel are in line with the values of the club and that again that's that's their prerogative as well and I think the Green Brigade do that and as long as they do it tastefully and as long as they do it within the, the bounds of the law they, I think they should be allowed to do that um, um, the other thing Franny said there about the, the atmosphere is not the same without them I don't think it is the same without them I think they do add to the atmosphere however I think this idea that Celtic didn't Celtic Park didn't have an atmosphere that before the Green Brigade arrived, and that they don't have an atmosphere without the Green Brigade now, and that the only way in which the team gets proper support is through the Green Brigade is is nonsense to me. Um, I was at a couple of games during the Green Brigade ban, and I thought Celtic Park was Celtic Park to me. Um, don't get me wrong, there can be as there can be in any match, there was down moments and things like that in the atmosphere, dips and things like that. But to me, the Green Brigade can do add to the atmosphere. They are a unique uh, supporter base in the way that they um, manage their support of the club. And I really enjoy when they are there. However, I don't think Celtic Park is a library without them or anything like that. So, um, so it's um, it's obviously something that we'll need to just uh, we'll just need to keep an eye on and see see how it goes. But I, I for one, think I'm glad to have them back, and we'll talk a little bit more about supporters and all that kind of thing a little bit later in the podcast because I have some thoughts on the support or lack thereof uh, for the opposition at the game tomorrow. But we will discuss it. Um, thanks everybody for watching. There's 31 of you uh, watching, which is one of the highest uh, view counts I've had uh, live. I know that doesn't sound like a lot of people, but for every single person in here that's choosing to spend their time with me on a Friday night in between Christmas and New Year, I really, really appreciate it. Um, this channel is something that's becoming a little bit of a passion project for me. I've had a couple of guests on now in, in Alan Morrison and Jared. I've got another couple lined up that I'm sure you're going to want to see. So I really, really um, appreciate all your support. Um, just before we move on, I just wanted to show you what Brendan had to say about the Green Brigade coming back into the stadium. So um, this is an article from STV. Um, Peter Casti, who wrote it, and he's talking a little bit about, you know, how important fans are and things like that. All usual PR speak from the manager that you wouldn't expect any less, really. And he does say, so yeah, it hasn't been the usual atmosphere for a number of weeks, but like I say, that's the responsibility of everyone. We all know that when the atmosphere is white hot at Celtic, it makes it a really difficult place for teams to come and play um, and gives our extra our players that extra edge as well. But I think it's really good news. There's no point in looking at the past. Great news for them that they can get back in and watch their team. 
because they want to support the team and support the club and hopefully that brings us all together and we can look forward to the rest of the season. That's the best way to sum it up, really. I think I think in in the current circumstances, you let you let bygones be bygones, and you 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 move on. We're we're all here to support the same team and the same cause, and that's fair enough. Um, obviously, uh, it's <laughs> it's a bit of a shock to be saying this, but the last time we were on the show. Um, Mikey Johnston's continued involvement with the first team looked like something that maybe wouldn't be happening. He hadn't put in a good performance against Hearts. He hadn't put in a good performance for weeks before that. Um, and to be absolutely honest, his time at the club looked limited, to say the least. Sitting here tonight, obviously the last game that we played was against Dundee, uh, away from home, and Mikey scored a brace. Um, now... I'm conflicted as far as this is concerned with Mikey Johnson because my opinion on it is the guy has had more chances perhaps than he even deserves, but certainly he's had enough chances to make his impact at Celtic. Um, I get that injuries have been a factor for him, but they haven't been a fact as big a factor as some would like to believe, I don't think. I think he's probably been fit for more time than he hasn't been fit. And although he's not... Um, had a chance to really uh, get a run in the team. I think the opportunities he has been given, he's not he's not grabbed with both hands. Cut to the end of the Dundee game, and you know there was the Celtic admin were doing what the Celtic admin do. Um, they were firing off tweets, um, gifts of Mikey Johnston trying to make this MJ90 thing work or whatever it is with fat flame emojis and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> Listen, I've 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 seen the script before. I've seen the script before. The 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 guy the guy is is talented at a very base level. It's clear to see he he can do tricks, he's got technique. Um he can occasionally you know, provide a, a moment or two of magic as he did against Dundee. But sitting here right now, I can't say with all honesty that he's of a quality for Celtic Football Club. We've seen him, you know, how how many years are we talking about him having been on the books since he made his, his debut? I mean, it's a crazy number of years since he, he started playing for us and it's just never, ever worked out for him. The thing that winds me up about this situation more than actually Mikey Johnson himself because obviously the guy scores two goals. You're not going to be angry about that if you're a Celtic supporter. You're going to be pleased with that. That's absolutely fine. But he, what annoyed me a little bit more was the Celtic admin for Twitter because they've done this before. They did this to me personally. Um, when my tweet about Dyson Maeda, as ill-founded as it was, went up, um... He, you know, when my tweet about Maeda went up, what happened was the Celtic team, admin team, then started tweeting various tweets about Maeda and stats of his to support his quality and all that. And for anybody who thinks I'm paranoid and don't 
don't um, assume that everything's about you. Just look in the replies to to that tweet. My name was mentioned multiple times, so I believe I firmly believe somebody at the club um, knew what they were doing when they did that. But they, d- but the point I'm trying to make is they do this all the time with players. These players come in, they fail to make an impact, they fail to make an impact, they fail to make an impact. Then they have one good game or a por- one portion of a good game. And they're the best things since sliced bread. And they've done it again with Mikey Johnson. And you're sitting here thinking, are we going to have a situation where Celtic are going to do what they do, which is, are they going to turn around and offer this guy another contract for another massive number of years on the basis of, at this point, not even six months of good football? Um, and then have have us stuck with him on the books for a number of years, either having to go back out and loan when he falls off again, or sit in the wilderness and, and collect a wage. I'm just concerned that we are in a situation where we're going to find ourselves really tying ourselves to to Mikey Johnson when he's had his chance, and 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 that's it. Um, I'm just going to share some some comments that 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 we're all we're all getting. Um. Uh, there you go. Seven years for, for Tobago says um for for Mikey. Uh, he thinks so. Seven years. You've got to have, you've got to have made your impact a little bit more. Um, Shamrock, I do um I do appreciate that he said you deserve far more support. Um. Uh, I, I really appreciate what you said there. You said you have to love Mikey. I'd listen. Any player that scores um, goals for Celtic and wins his games, I'm going to have some amount of um, appreciation for. But I'm going to just bring up this one from Robert Gibson. Um, Robert, thanks for watching the show. Um, says a brace against Dundee does not a Ronaldo make. I could slam. I could slam a couple against them. He says, "Well, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, listen." <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say I could do anything near what Mikey Johnson could do against Dundee. That would be ridiculous. But I'm here to discuss what I find and compare Mikey to what I see in the professional game against other teams. And I don't, I don't see that he's got it. I don't see that he's got it. The the guy, he's kind of, you know, people talk about here. Here, here we go, right. I, I have a love for, for David Turnbull that a lot of people don't understand, right? The argument that is levelled against him by a lot of people, but particularly uh, one podcast that I watch that, that levels this argument against um, Turnbull is, and, and, and I'm not saying, by the way, that they're in any way supportive of Mikey Johnston, because I don't think they are, but 20 Minute Tims, I really love their content and their output. But they always talk about David Turnbull should be out the door because successive managers have now been in charge of the club and not seen fit to start him. Even more managers have been in charge of Celtic with Mikey Johnson as an option have chosen not to use him, spare a couple of purple patches a few years ago. So um, so I think it comes to a point where you just think that the time's over. And um, I'm going to share something that Brendan Rodgers said and talk a little bit about that. But I just want to pull up this comment um, from Gary Boy. Um, says, I always feel like I'm watching the same piece of footage over and over again with MJ. His quick feet, 
but he's too lightweight and far too easily muscled off the ball. I think that's spot on, to be honest. I think he physically... He doesn't look physically robust, and the number of injuries that he's had suggests that he isn't physically robust. So that's maybe something that, that is going to be a feature of his career going forward, and something that we need to consider whether we're going to get the best out of him um, going forward. Because something I'm also starting to worry about with CCV, to be honest, uh, this continued issue with his hamstring and the number of injuries he's getting, you do always have that thing in the back of your mind of once you know a player is um once you know a player is injury prone, does that mean that you're gonna get less and less value out of them as time goes on? Who knows with Mikey? Um but I wanted to bring up this that uh Brendan Rogers had to say about him. So um this is from 67 Hail Hail, a great um channel that I love to... Well, I, I say channel, they, they used to do a lot of video content, but now they do mostly written content, but they are fantastic. Um, I would really encourage you to go over to 67hailhail.com and read their content, because it's great. But um, he was asked, obviously, after... Brendan Rodgers was asked after the, the Dundee game about Mikey Johnston, and, and we've seen him be asked about Mikey Johnston a lot before. And there's a feature of what he says that keeps coming up that I just wanted to highlight. So he says, the beauty with Mikey is that he's stayed fit. It's up to him whether he's going to be a Celtic player, but we keep working with him and we feel he can come into the game and make an impact. We were really pleased for him to get two goals. Now that, there's a particular phrase there that is not the first time that Brendan Rodgers has used it. It says, it's up to him whether he's going to be a Celtic player. Now, Brendan Rodgers is not a silly guy with the words that he chooses to use. He, he's very particular about the way he says things and how he says things. If you were a manager who truly believed in the ability and the... and the, I don't want to be too harsh in my language here. If you truly believed in the ability of the person as well as their willingness to apply themselves then you would be using phrases like, you know, he's definitely got the qualities of a Celtic player and as long as he can stay fit, we'll have him in the team. But this phrase of it's up to him whether he's going to be a Celtic player suggests to me that there might be a bit of an attitude issue there, whether it's a a laziness thing or whether it's um, too much belief in his own ability or whether it's... um, something else I don't know but I I just get the feeling with the, the repeated use of um the repeated use of the of of that kind of language I do get the feeling that maybe there's more to it than just being injury prone with with Mikey it's it's more about um perhaps his Perhaps his attitude as much as anything else. And I, and I say that knowing that that might be a harsh thing to say because I don't know the guy. I don't know what he's like as a person. He very rarely even does interviews, to be honest. And anytime you hear him speak, he speaks fairly well, as well as most footballers do. And I think... That's fair enough, but 
when a manager continually makes comments that bring into question something other than ability and something other than luck or anything like that, you do start to wonder whether there's an issue there that isn't isn't being addressed fully. Um, um, Darren Hilliard's put a comment in there about the game, which I will come back to in a little bit. Uh, the game tomorrow. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts as well in the comments about Mikey Johnston because I didn't think the Mikey Johnston issue was a very divisive one a few weeks ago. I thought it was pretty cut and dried that the guy has had his shot and that's that. Um, But there are suggestions that, you know, there's maybe... There's maybe more of a... Maybe more hope for some for for him of the support of of some of the Celtic support than I would have thought. I I kind of thought there was a consensus on Mikey Johnson. More fool me for thinking there's a consensus on anything when it comes to football support. Because if I've learned one thing from over the years, it's that consensus is not something that that we reach in in football support, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. Mikey Johnson, what do you think? We'll we'll see uh, what happens with him. And we'll maybe talk a little bit more about him as a potential option going into the game tomorrow, towards the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for watching. There's now 40 of you in the live stream. Um, I'm really enjoying talking to you all. The content on the channel that we've had so far this week uh, has been pre-recorded for the first time. We had an interview with Jared from Celtic Down Under where... I took the opportunity instead of talking to him about um, about goings on and current events at Celtic, I took the opportunity to talk to him about what it's like to support Celtic from the other side of the world and um, how he got into supporting Celtic. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, um, then give that interview a watch. I've had a lot of really good feedback on that. And I plan to do that going forward with the channel. Um Okay, we'll have people on like Alan Morrison who did a little bit on current issues and current trends going on with statistics in football, but I'm really keen as somebody who has been in this space for a number of years now to talk to my fellow Celtic supporters about what got them involved in doing the online fan media, what got them um, involved in, in supporting Celtic, if it's not immediately obvious why, um, and just getting to know them a little bit better and get some some of their stories from um, their stories and their songs, as the song says. Um, Gary Boy says he, he recommends both interviews. I thank you very much. Um, and uh, there you go. There's another one. Um, really enjoyed listening to the interview. It was nice to hear how different it was. And that and that was the thing. Um, I'm not going into too much detail on it here because you can go back and watch it. But listening to Jared talk about how. Back in the 90s, obviously, when the internet wasn't so ubiquitous, the efforts he had to go to just to get a sliver of Celtic news or to watch a little bit of a game or all that kind of stuff was absolutely unreal. And it will definitely make you think twice about ever accusing somebody of not being a real fan just because they don't go to the games. Because Jared's in that position where, obviously, he physically cannot go to the games. Um. He was supposed to come over to Scotland in 2020. That didn't happen for obvious reasons. Um, 
but the guy's as dedicated a supporter as somebody who's up the Gallagher every Saturday. You know, he's really, really um, a fantastic guy to talk to, and I would really encourage you to go back and watch that. So please do, and thanks for all the positive comments on it. Um, Robert Gibson coming in with another comment um, there about Mikey Johnson. Watch MJ score a late winner tomorrow and be sold to Inter Milan for a 15 million on Monday morning. Do you know what? See if that happened. That would be the best of both worlds because we'd get the win, we'd get the nice memory of Mikey, we'd get the money for him, and then we wouldn't have to deal with him after that. So, listen, that's the dream scenario. Although, if reports are to be believed, not long after Inter Milan were linked with Matt O'Reilly, um, I also saw a story suggesting they might be in a little bit financial trouble. So, um, it might be Inter Sevco. Uh, going into 24-25, we, ha- we will have to wait and see. Um, it would seem that all our rivals um, are falling to this kind of fate, but we shall see. Um, next up, I want to talk to you a little bit about a rumour that has now been doing the rounds that has flipped on its head, partly because of um, just the nature of football in Scotland and partly because of ongoing events at Ibrox but um, as often happens both Celtic and Rangers have been linked with the same player on a couple of occasions recently Um, the first one was Fabio Silva the young I think Portuguese uh, striker from Wolves Um, Celtic did not get him uh, there are pictures doing the rounds of him in a Rangers shirt having signed his deal and all that. I don't know if it's been officially announced at the time of recording. It might have been. I'm not that big on keeping up with Rangers channels, despite what you might read on Twitter. Um, but Fabio Silva is not going to be a Celtic player. Safe to say he is going to be in the opposite team to us going forward. And so what's ended up happening is that... Celtic have been linked to Hearts striker Lauren Shankland. Now, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that um, because he was initially linked to Rangers, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that I have never been so certain in my life that a deal is going to go through. Now, that was um, before, obviously, Rangers went on and signed um, Fabio Silva, but it was also before... um, I saw a tweet from Andy Jackson, who's quite a prominent Hearts supporter on Twitter, who suggested that he didn't think Rangers had the money to pay for Shankland. Um, my suggestion would be that even though they haven't paid a fee that I'm aware of for Fabio Silva, they certainly wouldn't be able to pay a fee and wages for Shankland on top of Silva. So I think the fact they've got Silva potentially would rule them out of a move for Shankland. And subsequently, he has then been linked with a move to the east end of Glasgow and Celtic. Now, what's clear is that we do need a striker going into the second half of the season because certainly for for January, uh, there's potential that we are going to be without both O and Yang. Not the potential, that is going to be the case because they're both going to be playing for South Korea or at least in the South Korea squad for the Asian Cup in Qatar in January. Um, But... So that that's one or two forward options down. Kyogo has not been fire, firing on all cylinders this season, so there is definitely a need for us to get another 
option in. Now, I think Shankland is probably a good option for us. Um, I'll just pull up an article that I saw um, that I saw earlier on. Um, just give me a wee second here while I do that. I nearly pulled up the same tweet as I did before. Um, yeah, if you're watch, if you're just listening to this on audio, you'll just be like, "What is she doing?" Um, but this is me just trying to get all my ducks in a row to pull this up. So this was an article from Celts Are Here, another great resource that I really love reading. Uh, they do really top-notch work getting some stories together on Celtic. So John Hartson, former Celtic striker John Hartson, has offered an alternative option to Aberdeen Zmiowski. You know that um, we covered this on the podcast a few weeks ago. We have been linked with Bojan Miowski of Aberdeen as well. Um, but there is a concern that maybe we're going to be a little bit priced out of that potentially because of the six million price tag that's been placed on the player. Um, former Celtic striker believes Lawrence Shanklin would be a valuable addition to Celtic. The Hearts forwards is enjoying another brilliant season in front of goal and just last night um, scored a brilliant winner in the Edinburgh Derby, which he did. If you haven't seen that, by the way, if you want a little glimpse into what being a football fan in Scotland can be like now, Obviously, I'd have preferred if Hibs had won the game, but <laughs> um, seeing that 90th minute winner or near enough 90th minute winner going from Shankland and seeing the the Hearts fans go absolutely mental over it um, was, was pretty cool to see. Um, the 28-year-old has 11 league goals and 16 in all competitions this season, and he doesn't shy away in the big matches. So John went on to say... Scores goals, scores goals for fun at Dundee United. He's doing the same for Hearts. And he's sure Celtic would love a player of his quality and of his natural goal-scoring exploits. He does it against the big teams as well. I think he would be an excellent signing. So, listen. I think... Personally, I, I have a little bit of a thing with Shankland where I do always see him scoring goals, but I don't really know... I've seen enough of him to know what kind of a striker he is and whether he would fit into our system because we all have already have a striker in Kyogo who definitely scores goals and definitely um, is able to put the ball in the back of the net. He hasn't been doing it this season and you wonder if it's the system or the players around him or the manager or something that's changed. But what's certain for us is that we have a goal scorer who's not scoring goals at the moment. So my worry is... Does Shanklin come in and be another goal scorer who can't score goals? I don't know. Get in the get in the chat and let me see what you what you think. Um, uh, Robert Davies says, "Hi Laura, fair play to you. Hail hail from Dublin. Um, I was actually over in Dublin um, September time visiting family over there. Um, lovely city. I really love going over there." Uh, went on a big wooden roller coaster in Tato Park and absolutely scared myself witless. But that was fun. Um, I'm seeing some comments in here about Shanklin's background, which I'm not going to bring up because I don't want certain words um, upsetting people to put too fine a point on it. But there are some people sort of saying, oh, he'll never come to us, he's... he's grown up a Rangers supporter or he's got family who's Rangers supporters. I don't know the legitimacy of that and whether that is in fact the case. But even if it is the case, what I will say is uh, 
if we had that attitude about everybody that we tried to sign, then we wouldn't have signed some of the best players we've ever had in our history. Um, I might be wrong about some of these, but I believe Kenny Dalglish, Danny McGrain, Jock Steen, to name but a few, all come from Rangers supporting backgrounds. And it, that being the case, you know, without those people, <laughs> safe to say that's that makes our history a lot lot different to what it ended up being. So listen, if regardless of his background, regardless of who he grew up supporting, if he sees fit to come to us and he wants to score goals for us and and we think he's good enough, I don't have a particular issue with it. And um yeah, I think he I think he could do a job for us. I really do. Um Gary Boy says um, that he would prefer Miofsky over Shankland, although Serie A clubs are showing interest in him. Um, yeah, I think Miofsky's one of these strange ones where there seems to be legitimate um, interest from some pretty big teams, either down south or elsewhere. And I do wonder whether it's just going to be a case of that we that he's going to see even bigger opportunities beyond us where he, he's... Because let's face it, sometimes we are a bit of a stepping stone for people. He's probably wondering if he even needs to make us a stepping stone or whether he can go on to somebody else. Um, but uh, listen, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. What I'm certain about is we definitely need a striker in and we definitely need one in reasonably early because... Waiting to the end of the January transfer window is frustrating at the best of times, but it's certainly not going to be helpful for us when the majority of the Asian Cup will be over by the time the, the January transfer window shuts. You know, we need to get those players in as soon as possible so that they are covering for the games that these other players are going to miss. Because um, at the moment, O and, and Yang have been announced. As far as I'm aware at the time of recording, the Japan squad hasn't been announced, but there's a potential that we lose all three of our... Um, most commonly selected Japanese players, those being Maeda, uh, Kyogo and Hatate. There's various reasons why that might not happen. Hatate obviously is just coming off a long-term injury. Kyogo's fitness, uh, not fitness, Kyogo's form isn't great and Maeda's just coming back from an injury. If you ask me, I think Maeda's a certainty to go because he seems like a favourite of the Japan national team manager um, and the other two, it's kind of up in the air. So we will wait and see. Um, Robert Gibson says we're looking at short-term fixes rather than long-term solutions. I mean, Shankland would be a bit of a short-term fix, I do admit that, but there's a bit of me that thinks, well, that short-term fix could win us the league this season so and get us into a Champions League where we've got two more games than we normally have, therefore we're probably likely to get a bit more money than we normally do. I'm willing to take a short-term fix this season, and I know that that, some people will say that that's history repeating, but I'm willing to do that, to be be honest with you. So, um, Yeah, Mark McDonald says Tilio's away with Australia, so that's another option that even if he was was getting used, that would be a a problem as well. 
only two matches before the close of the window, uh, home to Bucky and home to Ross County. So um, Jim Monaghan making that fair point that maybe the loss of players to the Asian Cup will not be as big an impact as some people might have feared. That is a fair point. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Really appreciate you all being here. It's great to be spending a bit of Friday night with you. Please don't forget to like and subscribe after watching this video or doing it right now while you're watching. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to do it right underneath the video. So please consider doing that. You'll get notifications when I go live. Um, you'll get notifications when clips of previous shows go up or if any um, interviews go up that are pre-recorded with other people in the Celtic fan media space. Hoping to grow the channel and get out there a little bit more and get involved in the scene a little bit more. But I really appreciate you all being here tonight. Um, on to the last topic of the show. Um, it's the big game tomorrow. It's the big game. It's Celtic versus Rangers at Celtic Park. The Glasgow Derby is upon us. We obviously have a win at Ibrooks from earlier in the season. We were playing a little bit better than we are now. Rangers were playing a little bit worse than they are now. The tables have turned a little bit and we have allowed them back into the, the league title race, whether we like to believe it or not. Um, I am concerned about this one. Um, Brendan Rodgers confirmed in his press conference today that Cameron Carter-Vickers, although not a long-term injury concern, will most likely not feature in this or either of two of the other remaining games before the, the close of the season for the winter break. So that is a big blow for us. Um, and we still are in the dark a little bit about the fitness of some other players. There are suggestions, if you look at Celtic's output um both in train in terms of training videos and output on social media suggesting that the return of Leela Bada and Rio Hatati is not far off. Re uh, Brendan Rogers went on to confirm that they would be involved in some way in the match day squad tomorrow. So swings and roundabouts as far as availability is concerned. But um even if Hatati and Abada are back, I have concerns about their readiness for the game. Um, Robert Davy says we're going to win. Positive thoughts only, please. Um, Tobago says um, this January window has to be short-term fixes. The summers for long-term planning. I agree with that. But I'm going to go back to a couple of comments that I saw um, coming up. Um, let me see. Robert again says. Um, Look, don't care what way we win tomorrow. 1-0, 3-0, don't care, heel, heel. Listen, I would take a scrappy 1-0 win as much as the next person. I would take a 3-0 drubbing as much as the next person. I don't really care either, but it's whether we will get it done, which Darren Hillard um, has, a, has um, a comment on. He says, Celtic will get it done. Proper order restored. They will get put back in their box, no bother. All a lot of noise about their new lease of life under the new manager. Um now I I don't I don't know. I I do think there's an element of certain factions of the media not um not 
learning the lesson as far as Rangers are concerned. Now, I think Clement is definitely a more legitimate manager than the previous incumbent. I think he, given time, could strengthen Rangers, but it's whether he will have the resources to do so. But I don't think they're probably as good as they are now being made out to be. I think it's just that they were so bad under Beal that they probably couldn't be any worse. They've still got players like Lammers, who I don't think's up to much. They've still got, you know, Connor Goldson, who, despite the fact he never gets penalties awarded against him, is a clumsy defender. Um, they've still got Dessers up front, who, although he's been putting in a few more goals than he was at first, I don't think is by any manner of means a good striker. So I'm not too concerned from their point of view, but I am concerned about how we are going to sort of impose ourselves on the game. That's one of the main issues because, as we all know, um, and as Anne used to say, it's not really about what um, what they do. It's about what we do and it's about how we impose ourselves on like, things and that's what we need to be... Um, that's what we need to be concerned about. Um, Stubbsy's horse says... Um, it's two average teams, them for talent and us for form, so it could go either way. I hope being at home and our guys back will provide the tipping point for us. Um, <laughs> Shamrock says, Mikey Johnston hat-trick and Rangers to get two penalties. I'll just wait and see. It'll be interesting to see, actually, after the discussions have been going on in the past few weeks, if we actually get awarded a penalty against Rangers to, to try and shut us up. Whether we will or not, I don't know. Um, Gary Boy says he wants to see Welsh and Scales at the back Maeda on the left to support Taylor and keep Tav Penn busy that to me is probably the best option in terms of the left hand side because for all the criticisms I've ever had of Maeda I think I have to concede that the guy works hard and certainly protects Greg Taylor and, and helps manage a lot of his weaker points Um. I don't know whether that will be the case, but I would like to see it. Uh, Robert Farrell says, um, Palma to score 1-0 to Celtic tomorrow. Do you know something? If I was a betting person, I might put, put money on that. That's that's fair enough. Um, Franny says, uh, I'm confident for tomorrow's game and have faith in Welsh replacing CCV. Fancy Wiki will go for a brace. Listen, this is all good stuff. We've gone from being nervous at the start of the show to, like, absolutely up for it and absolutely ready to go, which I, I love. My honest thoughts on the situation is I think I think we will win it, but I think it's going to be scrappy because I think we'll probably be on top for more of the game than Rangers will because we're at home. Um, but we will struggle to break them down as we have often done against other teams. Um, and I think that will happen again. Um, in terms of starting lineup, I think it'll be in majority unchanged. I think Welsh will come in for CCV um, and start alongside Scales. I think the midfield will probably be McGregor, O'Reilly, maybe Turnbull... Maybe not, but my front three would be Maeda, Kyogo and Palma to start because I think Mikey Johnson's brace 
and the things Brendan Rodgers has had to say about him being a good impact sub suggests to me that he's nowhere near Brendan's thoughts for starting the game. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. Larson Seven says, um, centre of defence must be a concern tomorrow. How do we apply ourselves up front? With slow build-up, centre-forwards not firing in all cylinders. Yeah, this this is something I touched on earlier in the show. I don't know if you saw it, but I was a little bit concerned that it's the system that's letting Keogh go down. But whether it's the system letting Keogh go down or not, the fact of the matter is he hasn't been scoring a lot of goals. The only thing with Keogh is, and I, I'm, I'm not just saying this to cover my back, you can never, ever write the guy off. He just needs a... He just needs one chance... One chance. Robert says uh, not Turnbull or a net. Fair enough. Maybe that's just my biases showing, but I'd like to know who people think instead because I don't see I don't see Odin Tiago home getting in there. Maybe you go with McGregor and uh, O'Reilly with Awata in the holding position, but I don't know if Awata is going to be fit, so I don't really know. Um, one thing I wanted to touch about before we finished up was this whole discussion around um, supporters being in the stadium or not now far be it from me to say anything remotely complimentary about Ranger supporters and this isn't really complimentary about Ranger supporters this is more about the general atmosphere of the game look at that Edinburgh derby the other night you cannot sit here and say that the atmosphere in the Edinburgh Derby would have been better with the away fans not there. It absolutely was better with them there. The same is the case for the Glasgow Derby. It's weird, as satisfying as it is when we score at Ibrooks and silence them, I would much rather have a stand full of Celtic supporters to celebrate with. Now, there's been a bit of back and forth about how this whole thing started. Who who did what? Who said what? Whatever. The reasons behind it. My personal opinion is, regardless of what they say, Rangers kind of spat the dummy a little bit and, and chucked us out because they get scalped. And that's, that's that, really. But no matter what the case is for the reasons for the segregation of the fans and not being in the stadium together and things like that. The, tra- the truth is the, the game would be better if both sets of fans were in the stadium. It always is better in, in that situation. I would like to see it return to that as, as soon as possible because I think that's what makes those games as memorable as they often can be. Um, And who knows? Um, We'll see. Um, some more comments coming in. Uh, Jim Monaghan says, "Big worry is we don't turn up as you as you say, impose ourselves. Um, what happened after uh, too often recently? Hoping we have got over that, but I have no idea how it's going to go. Usually, I'm optimistic now, not sure. Um, and Robert Davy says, Brendan may throw a cannonball in with a badder. Then I forgot about badder actually. His if you believe subliminal messaging on social media, his um, Instagram would suggest that he is going to be making an appearance of some sort tomorrow. What impact he can have, I'm not sure. But um, 
it will certainly give them something to think about um, considering the fact he's not featured very heavily for us they might not know how to handle him if and when he does come on so it'll be interesting to see um, get some score predictions in the chat if you can guys because I would really love to hear them um, yeah Robert Gibson says get the fans back in uh, the vitriol adds to the atmosphere I think we all agree that if it was up to us um, and probably up to some Rangers supporters the 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 issue would be resolved tomorrow and they would be back in. So um let's let's see if it can. My score prediction for tomorrow, I don't usually like doing these, but I'm gonna be optimistic, regardless of all the nerves that I've expressed and everything that I've said. I'm gonna be optimistic and I'm gonna say three one Celtic tomorrow. There you go. Will it be quite as memorable as that Hatati brace? Uh there you go, Franny agrees with me. He says three one. Um, I'm going with that. Um, Stubbsy's horse says 2-0. Thinks it will scoosh it. Uh, 3-1 from Mark McDonald. That's a couple of 3-1s in there, so maybe I'm not as far off as I thought I might be. Um, Listen, who knows how it will go. The the fact of the matter is we'll all be sitting there either in the stadium or watching at home uh, from between our fingers uh, to see how it goes. (laughs) I would love that one, Gary. I would love that. 2-1 2-1 Tav to miss a penalty. I honest to goodness, that would be absolutely unreal. <laughs> Shamrock says Mikey 3, Tav 2. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tobago says only a fool would um predict Celtic Ranger games. I'll say 4-0 Celtic. Brilliant. <laughs> Jim Monaghan says, I think it has to be Bernardo to start. Now he did well the other night, and maybe that's just a bit of an issue I'm having with not remembering him because he's had so little impact recently, but his last outing was definitely good. Keep the continuity, bring Rio on after an hour. One thing's for certain, if Hitati does feature tomorrow, it's going to be a brief appearance, I would say, because, you know, he's been out for, for so long. So a brief appearance would suggest an appearance off the bench rather than starting and getting taken off early. But um, it would have helped if... Celtic admin on Twitter hadn't shared what they did earlier on today and potentially outed some sort of covert plan uh, Brendan had to introduce him out of the blue, kind of like a WWE comeback out of nowhere. But uh, who knows? Oh my God, it's the Undertaker. <laughs> anyway, um, Robert Gibson says... 2-0 Celtic, Brendan to be sent to the stands for showing excellent cosmetic dentistry in front of the Governites. Oh my goodness, that is harsh. That is harsh. I should probably read some of these before I click on them and read them out. But <laughs> um, Thanks very much for watching everybody tonight. I know that there's plenty you could be doing on a Friday night, especially in between Christmas and New Year. Um, plenty going on. But I really, really appreciate your time. Um, Joseph says Celtic will win tomorrow. Um, it's the St Mirren game he worries about. Uh, Alex Campbell says 96... <laughs> 96 minute penalty to Rangers to have right down the middle, 1-0. Alex, I, I, if, I, if I've got my head screwed on, I think you might you might be in the wrong place, mate. <laughs> no, thanks for commenting. Really appreciate it. Uh, listen, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. 
Uh, thanks for, uh, very much, everybody, for watching. There's now 50 of you watching live, which is absolutely unreal. Um, thanks so much for the support of the channel so far. Don't forget to like and subscribe this. Share the link with anybody that you think might enjoy it. Every Friday night, 7pm Celtic part-time. Um, and here's to the big game tomorrow. I hope it goes well. I'm feeling nervous. I can't say I'm not. But I think with the right attitude, we'll make it work. Thanks so much, guys, and see you all next week.